a builder for something and then I'll continue in, in tomorrow's service. Um, we, we must not lose focus on why we are and why we began this journey of prayer. And I said to us uh, when we started the prayer summit that we we're doing this thing because we we are concerned with the fulfillment of God's word. And prayer proves that we take God seriously. Prayer proves that we take his word seriously. Uh, men who do not pray have no regard for the prophetic word of the Lord God. You know, because it is prayer that 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 materializes the workings of God's word in our lives. And us praying, we we are we are engaging in the season of prayer because we believe God's word. We believe what God has said. And that's why we have undertaken such a huge spiritual task to seek the Lord concerning that which he has spoken of our lives, of our ministry, and his promises uh, bearing fruit in our lives. And, and it's important because, you know, the Bible says that God said to Elijah, he says, go stand before Ahab and I shall send rain. But then even after Elijah stood before Ahab, he still prayed. And one may ask, why pray? Because God had already said, I will bring rain. Because the instruction to Elijah was, go stand before Ahab. Stand before Ahab and I will bring rain. But he stands before Ahab. But then he still goes to the hill, to the mountains and prays. And more than that, the Bible says he prays seven times. And the Bible doesn't tell us how long it took the servant or his armor bearer to, to go wherever Elijah sent him to go and see and come back. We don't know. We don't know. It might have been five minutes, might have been one hour, it might have been three hours. But the, the, the important thing is that the Bible says that Elijah prayed seven times. Seven times before the sign of the promise materialized. Telling us that the the, the materialization of God's word depends on our engaging in prayer. That God speaks is not the end. God's word is given to us to inspire us, to energize us to the place of prayer. And, 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 and what we should be conscious of as we are praying like this is, is the realization of how important the word of the Lord is. You know, many people don't take God's word serious. And, and here I'm not just talking about God's, God's written word. I'm talking about the things God say to us. The, the things God speaks to us. People don't take it seriously. People, many people don't. Many people don't. To, to, to most people. And, and you must understand that this is the word of, a, of the God of the universe. It's a privilege to to hear God speak to you. It's a privilege. Because he's God. He does not need to say anything to you. He does not need to speak to you. 
But in his love, in his mercy, he chooses to reveal himself through his promises, through his word. Peter puts it like this. He says, by these we have obtained great and precious promises that by these we may be partakers of the divine nature. So God speaks to us for the purpose of translating our nature into his nature. So we must look at that and, and weigh out what's more important in life. What's more important in life? And, and, and here's the thing. Here's what I want to bring to you guys. All right. Uh, the, ch- the children of Israel in Egypt, right? They were slaves to Egypt, right? And then after that, they, God brought them out of Egypt. When God brought them out of Egypt, they had no jobs. They ran no businesses. They went to no school. There was no university. Was God bothered? God wasn't bothered. Because God presumed that they would be taught through his laws, through his word. You understand? And, 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 and what he was trying to communicate was, was how or how high they should hello exalt God's word in their lives. In chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, he said this thing, these words, it says write them on your forehead, on your frontlets, bind them upon your uh, you know, doorposts, do whatever you can, just make sure that in your going out and going in, you speak this word. Because it is God's word that builds man. It is God's word that constructs the design of God's intent in man. Nothing else. Nothing else. Your business can't do that. Your job can't do that. Your, your schooling can't do that. Only God's word can do that. So what, what does that tell us? And how does that inform our approach to God's word? How we should view his word? Is that God's word should be the highest priority of the Christian. That's if the Christian truly wants to walk the path of the Lord. Because if you want to walk the path of the Lord, the, the, the exaltation of God's word in your life should be unparalleled. It should be. It should be your highest priority. You understand what I'm saying? Now, the reason why God's children have never been able to access the promises and to, to, to experience the promises of God's benefits, God's blessings, even the ones that God did in the wilderness for Israel is because we have been unwilling to step out into this dimension of life. Jesus never went to school. Jesus never went to school, but they called him rabbi. You know what's, you know what's a rabbi? You know what's a, it's not just a teacher. He's one who has excelled. He's who has excelled in the studies of Jewish law. They call Jesus a rabbi. He never went to school. Even, even, even the Pharisees were shocked. How is he, having not went to school, possesses such wisdom? 
because wisdom does not come from books and here's what you ask yourself was Jesus successful was Jesus prosperous did Jesus fulfill his destiny he's telling us that the fulfillment of God's agenda the fulfillment of God's destiny in our lives is detached from whatever system we come from what proves it is the fact that even though Moses was schooled in all the wisdom of Egypt God did not use any of that wisdom to make Moses a leader to cause Moses to deliver the children of Israel why why in fact God went took him to the wilderness and schooled him de-educated him same thing with the 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 apostles the bible says they saw that these men were not learned but they were amazed and later on later on Paul says see see brethren how how not many who are noble who have noble class who are astute are called into this thing why because God has chosen to make what to make to abase to make foolish the wisdom of this man this world so to truly come and serve God a man must become foolish a man must become the lowest of the lowest same thing with the apostle Paul he himself even came to the point where he said all this is but done why he was he was the he was head and shoulders in terms of scholastic erudition in terms of intellectual prowess he was head and shoulders but he said no 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 all this is done why he says to the attainment of the knowledge the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ telling us that the most important thing in this universe that a man can attain to is the full composite knowledge of Jesus Christ that's true knowledge that's true knowledge that's that's the knowledge that warrants a man access into unseen dimensions but christians are prohibited from entering this dimension why school education the system makes you man the kingdom requires that you be a child that you be a child in spirit a child in soul paul says brethren i want you to know that in understanding you should be mature but in malice you should be a child why because if you're going to access the deep things of the spirit there's an attitude that you must have there is a way of humility that you must possess Possess knowledge puffs up and you can't go into these things puffed up you must be debased what god is not about what you know it's not about what see what matters what god is what he taught you what not what you learned from men what did god teach you that is what makes men that is what distinguishes a class a breed of christians from the rest because you are taught that's why god when if god wants you you his child if he wants you to be raised if he wants you to be taught about him he does not take you to the university 
He brings you before a minister whom his spirit is upon. Why? Because only the spirit can decode the things of God. And that's what the Lord is looking for in this generation. He's looking for men and women who are able, who are able to perceive the importance of God's word, the weight of his word, and exalt it above everything else. So when we engage in activities like this as a church, what we are trying to get our minds, our souls hooked in, is the fact that God's word, his fulfillment in my life, is much more important than anything that I can achieve by my own strength. Because if, I, if he can do this for me without the agency, the arm of flesh, then I can trust him with my life. I was praying on day 12, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, Thursday, I was praying. So about 45, 50 minutes or to an hour into my prayer, I heard these words, man ate angels food. I heard it. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just praying concerning the fulfillment of God's word. I was praying, I was praying. And then I heard man ate angels food. So as I was praying, I began to, you know, meditate and contemplate. What is the Lord trying to communicate? Man ate angels food. He gave what belongs to spirits to man. He gave what belonged to angels to men. He took of the resources of heaven and materialized it for the benefit of men. He took what belonged to another class of beings and he gave it to men. Men ate angels' food and they were full. I thought to myself, why is the Holy Spirit saying this to me? Then I realized, God desires, desires to materialize the treasures of heaven to his people. To make it available to us. The way of the spirit, things that do not belong. Listen, he materialized spiritual food. He materialized spiritual food. The most important thing for man on earth is food, is sustenance, the sustenance of his body. He took he took what belonged to spirits. You must understand what manna is. Manna is food for spirits. Food for spirits. He took it and he materialized it. Materialized food. Spiritual food. He took it and he materialized it for the benefit of men. In other words, what God was telling Israel is that I can, I can feed you without using anything from this earth. I can fill your stomachs without using anything that belongs to this world. I am God. No human agency. He fed them manna. And there's a reason why he told Moses. He said to Moses, take this manna and put it into the ark. There's a reason. He said, as a memorial. Years later, in Revelation, Jesus said, he that overcomes, I shall give of the hidden manna. Hidden manna, he said he shall eat it. Hidden manna. Hidden manna. So the, the, the possibility of accessing manna is still present today. Because Jesus spoke about it years later. I will give you hidden manna. 
God is concerned about the materialization of his word. Years later, that manna came in John chapter 6. He says, I am the manna from heaven. Why? He came to satisfy the demands of sin for all mankind. Man ate angels' food. He's strong. He's strong. Man ate angels' food. They ate what did not belong to this world. They ate it. Men ate angels' food. And I realized what the Spirit of God was trying to communicate to me. That he desires that he should get to a platform in life where they understand the origin of, of, of their sustenance, the source of their provisions. And I began praying, Lord, you did it for Israel. Do it for us. Do it for us. The God who did that did not change. The God who did that did not change. So the possibility of access still remains today. Why? And we accessing it. God's children have not exalted God's word. Have not exalted God's word. The system of man has still bound us. So what does God do? He takes Israel out of that system that they were so reliant on. And he places them in the wilderness. There's nothing there. There are no trees, no river. There's nothing there. He places them there. He says, let me test you. Let me see what's in your heart. Let me test you. And look at God's mercy. Even in he testing them, he still provides without the agency of the system. Why? God's word must be exalted. We, we must understand the 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 importance, the importance of God's word. He just does not speak for the sake of speaking. So when we are praying like this, when we are engaging in such activities of prayer, we are saying to the Lord, we want what we have spoken to materialize in the same way the angel's food materialized. So anything in heaven can materialize physically. Anything in heaven. Jesus materialized. Anything can materialize for the benefit of men. Jesus materialized for the sake of men. For so God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If God is a spirit, Jesus is a spirit. And Jesus materialized. God's word. God's word. So I want to build, I want to look at, I'll continue this tomorrow, but I want to look at how God's word materializes. How God's word becomes flesh. How God's word gets to the point where it, it, it is actualized. In reality. And I don't know why we have not looked at the process of the materialization of God's word. You see, John said this, and the word became flesh. 
Now, the word just didn't become flesh. There was a process. There was a system that the angels, the Lord, the Word, God followed. And Mary is the key. We must understand the understanding, or, or not understanding, the, 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 the wisdom of the mystery of wisdom in Jesus coming out through the womb of Mary because that by itself is a miracle. That by itself is what John was referring to when he said the word became flesh. That was what John did when Jesus not only was conceived in the womb of Mary, but he was born. He was born. Jesus was physical substance. The word was physical substance and he came through a womb of a woman so we must look at what const what constituted the realization of that reality Mary who who is Mary why Mary and the process because the same process that was used for the word becoming flesh will be used for every fulfillment of prophecy because it's a system established by the Spirit of God. Mary is the child of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Matthew, and Mary was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Child, child of the Holy Spirit. How did the Spirit impregnate the woman to materialize a concept of God on earth? How did God Materialize that possibility. The angel said to Mary, What God, all things are possible. She was introducing her to a dimension that men have not yet known. With God, all things, all things, all things are with God, all things are possible. With God, all things, all things are possible with God so Jesus came through that system he came through that system all things are possible through 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 the through the systems of man he could not come he had to he had to present to us another system of God's operation all things are possible I'll build on that tomorrow so God's word is, is very important. Amen. It's very important. All things are possible. Notice Mary was a virgin. She was a virgin. Jesus could not come through a womb that already bore something else. Mary was a virgin. <laughs> that represented something. Mary was a virgin. And Mary shared the same bloodline, the same bloodline with Abraham. And Mary had something. Mary had favor with God. So three things here, three major things I claim. The bloodline of Mary, the virginity of Mary. 
and the favor of God that came upon him. So Jesus had to come upon the establishment of these three facts. Three and four. Fourth being what? Being the message. The word of God that came to her. So you find his rhema. Is her virginity. Is her bloodline. These are the conditions that precipitated the, the manifestation, the materialization of the word. And the favor of God. I'll touch on that tomorrow. But what I want you to realize is that God's word, God's word, God's word comes to pass. God's word comes to pass. And what we are engaging in by the help of the Holy Spirit is much more than me and you really understand. Really understand. Because the Bible says the Spirit searches all things. All things. All things. So in prayer, the Spirit is given the opportunity to search out all things. So as we pray and engage in prayer like this, remember what this is about. Remember, it goes beyond ministry. It goes beyond name. This is about seeing Seeing, touching. John said we have touched, we have seen, we have handled of the word of life. That's what the spirit is trying to bring us to, to the point where you, you live in the manifestations of God's word. You live in the manifestations, the fulfillment of his word. What a life. What a life to live where you know without a shadow's doubt that this thing was done by God. That is the testimony of God in your life. That is, that is, what, that is what causes devils to flee from you. That is the victory. The victory you possess. It is God's way. Yes, God. You, you know why the dragon couldn't, even, the, even though the dragon spewed water to flood, to drown the woman, you know why? The woman already had a testimony. 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 The testimony of God in our lives is his word materializing. Is his word actualized. Is his word fulfilled. So you ask yourself, what matters in my life? What matters? What matters? A suspension of daily activity, a suspension of daily routine for the fulfillment of God's word. What is it? It's, it's a system that has been calibrated into every Jewish, every Islamic uh, 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 follower. They know, they, shut, they can shut down their business while it's booming. While it's booming, they, they sh it's time for prayer. They understand the spirituality of their responsibility. We don't. 
Jews understand it. Muslims understand it. Why? Why? They know their source. They know what sustains their business. What sustains their livelihood. Question is, what is more important to us? See, that's what makes me think I can't not pray. Because there's too much at stake. There's too, there's too much at stake. Look what God did to Esther. In a day, in a day, in a day she became queen of a whole nation. <laughs> Look what happened to Joseph in a day. Prime minister. In fact, he was the prince of a whole nation. In a day. Look what happened to Daniel. In a day, he was, he was second in command. The third ruler of, of over three kingdoms. If we want to attain the statutes of the saints of old, we must understand the root of their faith. They had faith in God's voice, faith in God's word. Men ate angels' food. See, if you sit down and contemplate on that reality, something in your life begins to switch. For the past two years, three, two and a half years, I've been on that journey. Why? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, even if you are seeking God for seven years in your life without fruit, and then on the seventh year, he comes, his word comes to pass, it will make up for those seven years and the future. In the seven years, you may be laughed at, you may be ridiculed, you may be, you know, jeered at, but when his word comes to pass, when his word gave become physical physicality, <laughs> we'll have the last laugh. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and singing. We sang again the songs of Zion. And they that looked and saw that this was a marvel and it was by the Lord's doing. That's what you must look at. You must look for in your life. The Lord's doing. The Lord's doing. What is the Lord's doing? What is the Lord's doing? What is the Lord's? In your life, what is the Lord's doing? I realized the futility of this system when God brought me out of it. When I was going head deep, in head deep, God says, come out, save me. I realized what's important in life. <laughs> Why? I heard his voice. 
Until you hear his voice, you will not, you will not be able to dis- distinguish between what is good, what is bad, what is best, and what is good. It is men who hear and follow God's voice that distinguish themselves in a generation. You don't need to be known by men. Not everybody in Noah's generation knew him, but God saved him. Today, history knows Noah. They don't know of others that died. Noah is the resounding figure in in every generation after that because he obeyed God. That's, that's, That's what it means to walk with God. Hear his voice. So we are praying to entreat the grace, the message of God. The Bible says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So you know, if you entreat his mercy, if you entreat his grace, sooner or later, who will show up? Jesus. Because he's the distributor of grace, of reality. So remember why you're participating in the prayer service. Is to see the fruition. The tree must bear fruit. The tree must bear fruit. And prayer is the system by which that is accomplished. So that's why we are doing it. You understand? That's why we are doing it. That's why we are doing it. It's not, for me, that's what it's about. And that thing should always be top in our minds. Every time you go into your prayer session, God's word must actualize in our lives. God's promise must come through. Otherwise, he has failed in your life. See, if God has spoken in your life and his word never comes to pass, you and his word has failed. Should God fail? No. No, God's word shall never fall to the ground as long as we are alive. You see, that's what we are into this thing about. Seeing the materialization of the word of God. I'll build on this tomorrow. I'm sure you got something. I'll build on this tomorrow. Man, eight angels, two. So we're going to pray now.